0: Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Welcome to the weirdest week in the history of fantasy football. Um, the headlines are straight out of 2020. We thought we were done with this. It's 2021. We're not. And the NFL thought it was done with it. It's not the it that we're talking about, of course, is COVID, and it is absolutely wreaking havoc on not only the lives of millions of Americans, but every single fantasy squad there is, and every single NFL squad there is. Uh, I'm your host, Tim Petrop. I'm here with my brothers, Michael and Jason. What up, boys?
1: Oh, what up? What up? What's up, Tim?
0: Not gonna lie, extremely frustrating this whole day. This whole day has been a, a frustrating extravaganza, and uh. I'm very happy that I have buys in three of my leagues. I have three leagues that I don't have buys in, uh, four leagues that I don't have buys in. So uh, not looking forward to playing in those leagues, especially like in like the Scott Fish Bowl, where there's literally nothing on the waiver wire to be had if you can't uh, have a roster together. So if you're in that position, we're going to try our best to help you. Right off the bat, we're going to get started. We're going to get in this right away because there's a full slate. There's no buys. This has been a long time since we have no buys. And you guys want to get to your playoff matchups. Because I know that everyone's going through the same thing right now. So with that being said, download the Fantasy Football by Broto app. You can get a ton of stuff. That's where we get every single piece of information that we're going to use today to inform you on who to play and who not to play. And support the show by going to patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. You get tons of extras, including an extra episode. And that is the reason why the Fantasy Football by Broto app is free. With that being said, shorter spiels today. Uh, let's get right into it. What do you guys say?
1: Please let's do it. it.
0: So right away, the team that's been hitting, that's been hitting, that's gotten hit worse, the worst with COVID has to be the Browns. Uh, the Browns are absolutely ravaged. Now, there's other teams with more players in COVID protocol, but the Browns have their starting quarterback, their starting receivers, their starting head coach, and... Um, just right off the bat, too, I just want to say this. Talking on a Thursday is usually a good thing, but, you know, it's, it's going to be an ever-evolving evolution, especially because the NFL just changed their rules, like literally just now or when, we're, when we're starting, to make it so that if someone tests positive for COVID and then has two negative tests the next day, then they could play. So the NFL is actually making it easier for people who tested positive with COVID to play. Um, debatable on whether that's a good idea yep. um, but yeah debatable to be kind uh, but with that being said we are going to give you our best shot this is all unprecedented we've never faced anything like this before you've never faced anything like this before so we're going to try and give you our best to our knowledge what we got okay with that being said as well um, follow us at BrotoFantasy fantasy on twitter Instagram and TikTok, mostly on Twitter. Uh, and if you're a patron, the Discord will be available for you until kickoff on Sunday to try and help you make sense of what's going on outside of this episode. So if you need any more assistance at Broto Fantasy on Twitter and patreon.com slash Fantasy to join the Discord for as little as $3 a month. Like even if it's just for this game, pay $3, get on the Discord, ask a bunch of questions, be out. It costs you less than a caramel mochino, right? Uh, with that being said, let's get into the first game: the Browns at the the Raiders at the Browns. Excuse me. Like I said, the Browns are missing a bunch of people. Who they're not missing, the one guy they're not missing is Nick Chubb, and I think that in this matchup against the Raiders, you gotta love Nick Chubb. Let's start there. He's been bad. There's really no other way around it uh, to describe it. He's been awful in his last few few weeks. But the Raiders are. The Raiders are third, the third best matchup for running backs. They allow 38.7% points over average to the running back. Uh it's it's safe to say that you're going to see Kareem Hunt get some pass work act action as well. If you're out. truly desperate, if he You're truly desperate
1: out, Tim, as of 2 minutes ago. Nick Chubb? Kareem Hunt?
0: Yeah, okay. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, so, Kareem Hunt officially out as of two minutes ago. So, if you're desperate and you just don't want a zero in a spot, Dearness Johnson maybe could catch a couple passes. The Raiders are the third worst team against the receiving running back. But Nick Chubb also got some receptions last time Kareem Hunt was out. All right, let's start with the running back situation. How are you feeling?
1: There's no chance in Hallelujah Town. That's the. That's not a place. There's no chance anywhere. That I'm starting Dearness Johnson this week, guys. Get the fuck out of here. These are the yo, Browns. Yo, Jason, Dearness Jason, Jason, Jason
0: my bad. Jason, Jason, my bad. Breaking news literally right now to my phone. Quarterback Case Keenum has tested positive for COVID. Holy leaving Nick mackerel. Mullins in the line to start. Nick Mullins is now your starter for the Browns.
1: Nick Mullins was kind of fire for the 49ers. <laughs> Nick Mullins, <laughs> yeah. Nick
0: Mullins had some good games. Is he that
1: much <laughs> of a downgrade? I'm not gonna lie. His yards know. per attempt and true throw value were always like top 15 in the league. But look, here's what I'm
0: saying. There was a stat Go for Go ahead. Jay. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead.
1: Look, this is a team with their their head coach has COVID, their two quarterbacks of COVID, their offensive linemen of COVID, their best wide receiver has COVID. The Browns are going to try to win this game by just running all day. And I know that the Raiders' defense is bad, but that's against actual NFL rosters. And right now, the only Browns player that's arguably an actual NFL player is Nick Chubb and like Donovan Peoples-Jones. The rest of the entire roster has never done anything with their lives. So,
0: And Dearness Johnson has had some good games.
1: Yeah, some good games when he yeah, was Nick on. Chubb. But with Nick Chubb around, I'm not trusting Dearness Johnson. No way, no how.
0: Yuck. um i mean i i hear you i definitely hear you um what are you taking a chance on donovan people's jones considering he's the only one and nick nick Mullins has been known to go down the field is like michael said his yards per attempt his true throw value has always been good in the past when he gets the opportunities but that's also in a shanahan offense
1: i'm fine with uh you know i'm fine with taking the uh the shot on dpj um as like a wide receiver three flex play look I don't want to sound cocky, but the teams I have currently, like I'm not forced into starting DPJ. I feel like I'd have to be forced into playing no, DPJ. No, I have a good team. No, for real though, like I'm not hyped. Like yes, I'm starting DPJ this week. Like I think he's a fine flex option because he's really the only one left with Landry Hooper and company out. But David Ajoku uh, is returning. Hollywood Higgins is there. They don't pass much to begin with. Um, Donovan Peoples Jones hasn't been a heavily targeted guy during his time in Cleveland like he'll likely get five targets or so maybe more we'll see but Las Vegas has been a lot better to run on than to pass on They're twenty 25th in points over average against opposing wide receivers
0: 20 um, 25th meaning the 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 seventh hardest matchup in the league
1: yeah exactly so I mean DPJ he he could catch a long pass yes but this is now the third string quarterback and Nick Mullins has not even taken a single snap with Cleveland yet I'm not gonna be excited about starting D B J. He's more of just a I need to play him flex play kind of guy. Like I'll I, I'll have him ranked somewhere around wide receiver forty five ish. And on that note too, like I know that the Raiders are also extremely bad against tight ends and defensive points over average. But Austin Hooper has COVID. Harrison Bryant and Njoku are expected to return, so it's not like one tight end is getting the bulk of the show there. And
0: uh, I would I would say that David Njoku has been way more involved. Harrison Bryant yeah. so far has been a, a blocking tight end.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm comfortable
0: starting Njoku. If like, if you have like Hawkinson and there's no tight ends on your on your waiver wire and you need a start, I'm I'm not opposed to a, a little David Njoku.
1: See, saying. I could see Njoku as a streaming tight end. I see the argument for it. My concern is that Harrison Bryant, the blocking tight end, spends most of the day on the field to block for Nick Chubb in an offense led by Nick Mullins. That's mm, why I don't like true. Njoku. Fair enough.
0: True. True. I, I mean, uh, I, I mean,
1: think Najoku uh, at least has some streaming appeal.
0: I Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I'd be comfortable starting Njoku. I'll probably have him ranked as tight end around like 16, 17 um, when all is done, uh, personally. Um, with that being said, let's go over to the other side because Josh Jacobs, he was looking good so far. Josh Jacobs is basically, if he scores a touchdown, you're going to be happy. If he doesn't score a touchdown, you're not going to be happy um, unless you're in a PPR league because all of a sudden he's a machine. Um, the Raiders don't have anyone else to throw to except him, and the locked it, locked and loaded wide receiver one baby, uh, <laughs> Hunter Renfro. Yeah, baby. Um, I, look, I'm I'm not afraid. Like, look, I'm not not to toot my own horn, but last week I was 11th overall in the entire Fantasy Pros community in rankings, and I got to give Jason a shout out for that because Jason finally said like, Hey, fuck the expert consensus, like just go with what you think. And I finally did that after a few weeks of, of like, uh, you know, thinking taking the expert consensus into account and all that stuff. And uh, and what happens? Boom, eleven. I'm not afraid to do this. I have Hunter Renfro as my PPR tenth overall receiver this week.
1: Tim, I appreciate you calling him the PPR wide receiver three. I mean the locked and loaded wide receiver three, but he is a locked and loaded PPR wide receiver three. If you are gonna call him by his nickname, do it correctly even though he's a wide receiver two or even wide receiver one now. He has what, Jay? What is it up to now, four or five games, wide receiver 14 or better over the last five weeks? The guy's been an absolute stud. It does not look like um, he's going to slow down anytime soon. He has back-to-back games over 100 yards. The Cleveland Browns defense is decent, but the Kansas City defense is coming off of one of the best stretches we've seen and Hunter Renfro was still able to put up over 100 yards against them on 13 catches on 14 targets. Like the guy's just been an absolute animal. He's a he's a wide receiver one. And it's and like Tim said, it's been the Josh Jacobs and Hunter Renfro show, and that's because Darren Waller has already been ruled out again. He hasn't practiced in three weeks. So honestly, it might be even a pipe dream at this point that we even see Darren Waller suit up again this year. Um, you see
0: a lot of teams right now shutting down their young players like. TJ Hawkinson just got finger surgery. He's shut down. Elijah Moore is shut down. And there's there's way more teams that if you're on a losing path like the Raiders are, like they're shutting down their guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, why risk it? Waller's dealing with multiple injuries, and they already rolled him out for this week. And Foster Morrow has not been a good replacement. He's still seeing a decent, a decent amount point. of work. And I wouldn't be surprised if he finds the end zone at some point somehow. But just you can't trust him after these last two games. Um, it's really unfortunate. That the Raiders don't have a lot of weapons, but the two weapons you can rely on, Chubb and, I'm sorry, Renfro and Jacobs, are solid wide receiver 1-2 and RB 1-2. So, fire those guys up.
0: Can you take a chance on David Carr? I mean, Derek Carr in this this matchup? I'm not
1: starting him against the Browns. This might be a super slow game. The Browns are going to try to play run-the-clock-out offense. Eh, I'm not trusting it. Yeah, same.
0: I would bet on a super slow game, like one where there's just not even and and you there might be a, a random ass touchdown by a random ass player, but you don't want to play any of those guys unless you're desperate, unless it's a desperation heave. So, I mean, besides the players that you already are playing in this game, there's no one else really to play besides Donovan Peoples Jones uh, might be an outside risk. So let's go to the next game then. The Patriots at the Colts. Uh, as of right now, I'm not getting... I haven't heard any word that Damian Harris is not expected to play. Um, I think that he is expected to play. Mm-hmm. So if Damian Harris does play and Ramonde, Ramondre Stevenson does play, how are you feeling about these guys against an Indianapolis run defense that has been extremely good against against run-first teams? Now, overall, they actually allow more points per per. Points over average, excuse me. Uh, they're the eleventh match. They're the eleventh matchup. They're they allow five percent more points uh, than the players that they played usually have. But they also have shut down Derrick Henry, and they've shut down team. They when running backs who are running back centric go to the Colts, they usually struggle. So Colts also coming off of a bye week. How and this is a must win for them. So how are you feeling about Damien Harris and Ramondre Stevens in the backfield? Uh, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, it's it's one of those situations where um, if the running
1: back goes down, you, if they become a lot more enticing. Ramondre Stevenson, mostly if Damian Harris goes down because Ramondre Stevenson gets more involved in the passing game than Harris does. Um, but when they're both healthy, Damian Harris is a clear 1A, um, which makes him a RB2, low end RB2, touchdown dependent. That's how he's been the entire year. When, and then Ramondre Stevenson, he's more of a flex play with a pretty low ceiling because it's unlikely he finds the end zone because um, Damien Harris is there to steal touches as well. So, like, I don't I don't really see Ramondre Stevenson being an impact player as long as Damien Harris is healthy and active. This might be me looking into it too much, but Indy is awful against tight ends, 50-plus percent over average. And Hunter Henry is due to find the end zone again. I think that he's being slept on. od and- He's being ranked way too low. I was just going to say that. Yeah, I have him at, like, tight end 10. I think this game has Henry touchdown written all over it. Maybe two. But we don't even like Henry. I was just – I saw his ranking, and I was like, what is this? Exactly, because most other tight ends are touchdown dependent either way.
0: But the way – I I think John Smith – I think John Smith also has a case. (laughs)
1: Wow, we forgot to do the uh! (laughs) – (laughs) The Raiders pass. How did we forget to do that? I don't know about John Smith, but I I pivoted to the tight ends because, like, those touchdowns are typically in the red zone, which means Harris and Stevenson touchdowns may be taken away. I just – you know I'm not the biggest fan of the New England offense. Their running backs do produce. But Stevenson and Harris have been splitting work a decent amount recently. I have both as high-end RB3s. Um, If you can go elsewhere – then it might not hurt. But with all this COVID stuff, you might have to start one of them. That's why being a patron I, if, during these times is so helpful because on Sunday, we're going to have so much more knowledge and you can ask us anything.
0: Little yeah, 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 for sure. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, definitely, for sure, 100%. Um, this, these Patriots pass casting options outside of the tight ends. Um, Jacoby Myers. Obviously oh, not pff. some people... Oh, yeah, I know you're not excited about any of these of these players. And, no. you know, this is technically a good matchup for Mac Jones. It's technically technically a good matchup for these guys. You just, um, you, so what do you expect? You back?
1: can't ignore Kendrick Bourne's efficiency. The reason he's not rated higher every week is because he's so efficient and it's, it's not always pretty the way he gets it done in that offense. But I think a lot of people are sleeping on the – look, they passed three times last time they played. <laughs> it's not going to happen every time. Bourne does have some flex appeal. Besides that, though, I'm not touching any Patriots receiver. Yeah. Ooh, I'm, with, I'm, with, I'm with Jason. Any of them. I mean, what who who are you going to touch and be happy about? Yeah. I know this is a good matchup in terms of points over average, but it's also the Patriots, and good matchups don't even matter that much because of the Patriots, and they're just going to operate their offense the same way they always do either way. Like, where, are you supposed to trust Nelson Aguilar? No, you're going to trust Jacoby Myers. I mean, in your flex, PPR flex, maybe but the guy's absolutely allergic to the end zone and he's not going to top 100 receiving yards so like if you want maybe 10 to 12 PPR points tops sure but i mean I'm with Jason Kendrick Bourne has the most appeal because he's been by far the most effective New England receiver this year in terms of smash games and um, and efficiency and this is a very good game for that he has had uh most of his big games in good matchups top 10 matchups against New Orleans Dallas Um, and Tennessee, he hit on all of those. So I do think this is a a good spot for Kendrick Bourne if you're going to trust any of the Patriots wide receivers. But even he, obviously, is very up and down, and I wouldn't be shocked if he puts up 20. I wouldn't be shocked if he puts up 2.5. That's kind of how it is when you trust a guy like that.
0: Speaking of the New England Patriots and doing what they do, let's go over to the other side against the New England Patriots defense that has been basically shut down for every single position besides the running back position. And Jonathan Taylor coming off a bye. I'm technically lower than consensus on Jonathan Taylor. I have him as running back five. Um, That's a little bit lower than consensus. But I love him this week against New England. I'm not scared to play him all the way. And, again, by the way, this game is on Saturday. We're going to be talking about a couple Saturday games. Make sure you have your lineup set before Saturday. Man. If you don't already, set those lineups.
1: Yeah, set those lineups early. But I'm sorry that I'm, like, cutting you off if you had something else to say. Because I have Jonathan Taylor. no, no. I have Jonathan Taylor as my number one overall running back. Like, what are we doing here? Do we forget who Jonathan Taylor is? I don't care if he's playing against New England. He played against Tampa, which is a way more difficult matchup, put up 17. He played against Baltimore, put up 32. Like, he played against Buffalo, put up 52.9. Like, I don't care what the matchup says. It's not even like New England is a crazy difficult matchup. Like, it's a semi-difficult matchup, sure, but they're most beatable on the ground. They're 17th in points over average. Coming off a bye, Jonathan Taylor has just become an absolute stud, seeing a ridiculous amount of work every game. It's it's silly. I concur. I think it's, it's
0: it's the I think it's that's the why... it's the okay. it's the worry though, right? It's it's that Bill Belichick shuts down the other player's best option, and in this case, that's definitely Jonathan Jonathan Taylor. I think that's where the worry comes from. I'm with you. Like I'm not as high. he's not my number one overall running back, but he's in the top five. It's not like I'm 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 fading him no, in any an way. I don't like uh, anymore. <laughs> Jason, what were you gonna say?
1: I mean, Belichick does a good job of limiting the quarterback. New England's thirty first in DPOA. The tight end, they're thirty first in DPOA. So I don't try to get cute with Doyle or Mo Cox. Uh, Doyle. Um, I expect this to be a game where the Colts rely on Taylor heavily, and that's why I'm not in love with Michael Pittman as well. I think he's a wide receiver three option but he's obviously fallen off since his little great stretch in the middle of the year and that's because he doesn't see that much volume and Carson Wentz needs to be efficient for Pittman to do well so we see in the downside here remember a few weeks ago I wrote like a fantasy pros article where they asked us to put actual trade scenarios and I think I wrote like Michael Pittman and Corlin Sutton for Justin Jefferson or something and the guy replied like I just did that trade yeah you got to find that and you just – you, you got to steal, my guy. Um, yeah, so to say like, the least. Pittman is a wide receiver three option, but I'm not opposed to sitting him um, if you have different options. It's a very weird week, and it might not be the best week for Pittman. Looking around at people – I looking around at my rankings, for example, would you guys – I think i trust Devontae Parker over him with Jalen
0: Wall now out. Yeah, I would. Well, we're going to see about Jalen Waddle being out. That's another thing that the, the NFL just changed their policies. That's another reason why – follow. I mean, I'm not trying to beg for followers, but if you don't already follow us, follow us at Broto Fantasy so that we can answer these questions for you as the time goes on because I don't know what to do with Tyler Lockett in my rankings. I don't know what to do with, with Jalen Waddell in my rankings because these guys could now test negative twice and play even if they test neg- positive the next day. So it's just like, what do you do? Uh, for me – for me, Devontae Parker, I have Devontae Parker at, at wide receiver 21 right now, assuming Jalen Waddell is out. And I have Michael Pittman at wide receiver 28. So I agree with you. I'd play him. I'd, I'd play. So let's play either or. Parker, Fun. you already said, Van Jefferson or Michael Pittman Jr.? Van. Van. Yeah, same. Uh, Hollywood or Michael Pittman Jr.?
1: Probably Pittman, Pittman. if Lamar Jackson's out. Yeah, because LJ's probably not playing.
0: <clears throat> Christian Kirk.
1: Pittman. Pittman. Claypool. Pittman. Claypool. A.J. Green. Green. That's a very tough one for me. Right now, I'll lean Pittman, but I have Green right behind me in my rankings. Darnell Mooney. Come on. Darnell Mooney could go sit on the bench. I mean, my rankings have Pittman, Green, Mooney back-to-back at the moment, so...
0: I was. I I also have Green Mooney Pittman. I mean, all those guys I sent you were between twenty and twenty-seven in my rankings before Michael Pittman at twenty-eight. So obviously, there's different. We have different thoughts about you that. Darnell moves and I'm going to be high, I'm about to punch you in the face. Yo, against Minnesota. Minnesota has been a, yeah, we'll a smorgasbord. There, Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let's. Anyone else you guys
1: want to talk about in this game? I'll say ever since I called Michael Pittman a sell high, he had a a, a big game, and everyone was trying to make fun of me. And then he's been. Uh, very, very mediocre since so, ha. Huh?
0: Michael never forgets, never forgets to remind us of that every that's single right. week. Um, Tim, the Titans I'll wait. Hater I'll haters. Races. You know, I'll that's just Michael. wait.
1: We have a full slate, no bye weeks this week for the first time. It's like week three, so I'll just wait for the Detroit Lions. Six. No worries, I'll wait for the Detroit
0: Lions. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually gonna be in the next. That's gonna be in the next episode. No, no, it's gonna be the last <laughs> game of this episode. So if you want to hear Michael uh, dunk on me, uh, you got to wait the whole time. So uh, you guys hear the other thing that see. happened though? Brick killed a guy. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. The Titans at the Steelers is next. Let's start on the Titans side because that's where I've decided to start. Um, On the Titans side, the Steelers have been absolutely torched by running backs lately. They've been the worst defense against running backs in the last three weeks. They got absolutely hammered on the ground Uh, the other uh, last week. And now you have De- Devontae Foreman, Deont- De- Deontay Foreman, who has had who had a good game last week uh how are you feeling about the running back especially now again if he's on your bench and you need a COVID replacement he's one of those guys where it's like I always feel like this I'm like man I would have been borderline playing him anyway and now that I don't have to make a decision and it's forced upon me I could just enjoy this play he's like one of those guys for me how do you feel about him
1: I get it but last time they played McNichols at 27 snaps Hilliard at 24 for Foreman at 23. It's that Foreman actually touches the ball when he's on the field. He had 13 carries, 47 yards, a touchdown, two for 15 through the air. But if you take away that touchdown, it's 15 touches for a total of 62 yards. Um, Deontay Foreman is and has always been a do, but the Titans seem like they want their running back to remain a big part of their offense. And of the group I just listed, Foreman is definitely the most interesting, the guy who's been getting the most work and the goal line carries. So I'm definitely starting Foreman over his counterparts. It's just that I have him more of a RB three than an RB two because he's only playing. If he plays 23 snaps in this game, you better hope he finds the end zone. I'll bet you guys that Deontay Foreman ends within two points or more than Zeke. I'm not gonna take that mm. just because Zeke's been bad too.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big, I'm not a big Zeke guy. Yeah, as just,
1: I'm just saying that's 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 where we're up to. It. That's where we're at. With Zeke at this point. Because I honestly, like, if I had Deontay Foreman and Zeke, I wouldn't know who to start. Like Jason stated, Deontay Foreman played the least amount of snaps, which is not ideal. But they also played the Jaguars, got out to a big lead. Um, They really did not need to worry about the Jaguars at all in the second half. Their defense took care of them. Urban Meyer got fired. Ha, Urban Meyer. What a joke that guy is. So I mean, it, we'll talk about that. Deontay Mario. Foreman's the clear lead guy, in my opinion. Like he tied for the lead in targets. He had five more carries than McNichols, eight more than, excuse me, seven more than Hilliard, and he had another touchdown. He was also the goal line back, which is huge. Um, I like Deontay Foreman as a as a low end RB two flex play this week. Because this is going it's, it's be not a, a it's not a like super difficult matchup against the Steelers either. Like you said, Tim, they've just been next level bad over the last several weeks.
0: Yeah, the Steelers went from one of the best running defenses in the league to one of the worst. I don't know how it happened. I don't know what happened, but it happened. Oh, T.J. Watt um, is out too. T.J. Watt officially out in this game.
1: I mean, I assume he's officially out. He left last week's game, and I don't think he's been practicing.
0: Uh, I'll vet that while you guys answer this next question. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. Oh, sorry, T.J. Might, Watt. I be... had a limited practice, so. I mean, T.J. Watt also like you have to. He's a he's a pass rusher. Like he's not really a, a run stuffer. So he's a pass rusher. He's trying to get his sacks. Now, I don't think it's really going to make a big, but he, he's been there. You know, he's been there while this streak has been happening. So it's not as if he's the reason why it's, ha- it, he's like the reason, him being out is the reason like he's been in. Um, Let's go Julio last week, Ryan Tannehill. You can only play Ryan Tannehill if he has some kind of outside weapon. So can you play Ryan Tannehill in this game? Here's the thing. Ryan Tannehill is one of the sneakier rush rushing quarterbacks in the league. And right now the Steelers are 12th, the 12th best matchup in for running quarterbacks in terms of QB rushing. So if you do play Tannehill, I don't think it's out of the question to get a rushing touchdown out of Tannehill. Although, you know, you'd be banking on a rushing touchdown out of Tannehill. He does lead the league in rushing touchdowns, but not a, a smart thing to do. Uh, so Julio Jones, Ryan Tannehill, Jason, how do you feel?
1: Tim, you said Tannehill's only trust, as with most quarterbacks in the NFL, including the studs, Tannehill is only trustworthy if he has at least one weapon around him. Right. Too bad Julio Jones is not a weapon anymore. He's been a fucking bum ever since he went to Tennessee. And look, I get it. He's old. He's injured. Yada, yada, yada. He has a lot of wear in those tires. (laughs) Like, fine. And he could come out and have a good game because he's one of the best receivers that ever played. But I'm not gonna bank on this duo having a great game against the Steelers. So there's no way I'm trusting Ryan Tannehill. Especially because I'll get to this later. The quarterback
0: on the other side is my favorite streamer of the week. Hey. Ooh. Uh that's oh, that's sexy. All right. So I mean, there's no reason to talk about the tight ends. There's no reason to talk about the secondary pass catching options. So let's go straight over there. Let's go to the quarterback streamer of the week for you big benneth roethlisberger is big ben week. right jason
1: it's a I'm, in a, I'm, in
0: a, I'm in a super flex league and i have lamar jackson and i don't know if he's gonna play or not and big ben is my other quarterback besides Taysom hill so i'm praying and hoping that you're right about this one tell us why big ben is your streamer of the week the Titans are the
1: fourth-worst defense against quarterbacks, Against DP, uh, third. according to Brodo's defensive point over average, third even better. The third-worst. They're the third-worst third the worst. Third worst against receivers. Since Week 5, Big Ben is at 250 passing yards per game, around average, and 15 touchdowns to go with three interceptions, and he's played even better recently. If you look at the game logs on the Brodo site, you will see that Big Ben has been quarterback nine or better three of the last four games. It is the farewell tour for Big Ben in Pittsburgh, and there's no defense better for him to try to put it on his back. Because even though the Titans can bring pressure, Big Ben likes to play in a high-tempo offense. Like he does everything, and he tells the offensive coordinator, suck it. So I think this Jason, is a I good s- game for Big Ben.
0: Jason, I got to say, uh, narrative, you 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 killed the narrative game right there, the, the farewell tour. I like it. Um, what about his weapons? Deontay Johnson, I feel like, is a locked and loaded top five wide receiver. So if you go to the other side, Chase Claypool, you may not want to hear this, but has received nine targets in three of the last four games.
1: Yes, he had or more that
0: yards too in those games. Eighty two or eighty two or more yards in those games. I, re- I yes, he had that stupid point, but not for nothing. That fucking offensive lineman ran right into the guy. No, like yes, he, he had the stupid point. It was stupid. It, he he started it, but it. it It got made worse by the offensive linemen. There's two ways to look at Claypool this week, though. Because Mike Tomlin, is he going to be one of these, if you fumble, I'm going to sit you coaches? Or is he going to play his guy and let him get some revenge? Because if he gives Chase Claypool all the snaps, I believe that Chase Claypool could have a big game in this game. How do you feel about Chase? Chase Claypool's been a wide receiver 3-4 slash
1: the entire season. I think that continues. He's pretty... Big play uh, dependent. If we're being completely honest, I think it's been obvious um, the entire season. It's not like he's getting huge volume, or it's not like he's getting a uh, he's having one of those Deontay Johnson esque ten reception ninety yard type games. Um, and with the- I don't know he, but he's getting he's getting nine targets and eight catches. You know, like he's just not well, fighting yeah. in the end zone. Last week was the first time he's had eight catches the entire season. Like that's more of an outlier than it is something that you could right into. Sorry, second time he's had more than eight catches. Eight or more catches, excuse me. Um and out yeah, it was a it was a good matchup, but they also abs- they were absolute trash in the first half. Let's not forget that they were down 24 zip going into like the middle of the third quarter before their team went absolutely bananas and they almost came back and won. Um I mean, I'm not no, no. at this point, how do you trust Claypool as anything more than just a risky wide receiver three like that's just who he is at this point like a lot of it has to do with big ben yes i believe in claypool's talent but he hasn't been a trustworthy fantasy asset
0: at all he definitely comes with some uh some bust potential but you know i like him this week i i I like the fact that he's getting nine targets a game i like i I think that's a positive thing i think that it's something that makes me want to lean on chase claypool and watching the Steelers games, Big Ben just drops back and throws it up to him, even if he's not open. If he's got one-on-one coverage on the outside, he'll throw it up to, to Chase Claypool. And Claypool will go get it. He's been making some contested catches. He's also He also has only one touchdown catch, despite the fact that he has eight end zone targets. That is ridiculous. That, so if if you believe in positive regression, that could be something for you.
1: If you believe in magic in about- a young girl's heart, then it's something for you. <laughs>
0: um. What about uh, Mister Mister Najee? Najee Harris. <laughs> who else would I be talking to? Uh, yeah, who who else you be talking it's a weird about.
1: way to refer to Najee Harris, but I mean, All right, I was also man. a little confused because you're gonna fire him up, man. at the, At this point in this season, at this juncture, you just have to be hyped at this guy has not had COVID and that he's still going out there every game and trucking into 20 plus carries. So take that sign up for it and be happy with whatever he gives you.
0: Versus uh, he's my, he's my RB three this week. I'm very high on Najee Harris this week. Um, all right. Let's anyone else you want to talk about? Oh, Pat Firemouth, how could I forget the myth? How are you feeling about Pat Firemuth? Found the end
1: zone again, and so close to a second end, a second touchdown that could have possibly forced that game into overtime. But a tremendous play by future Hall of Famer Harrison Smith. Uh, Firemuth you continues Pat to. Firemuth. Wow, I thought you were about to say. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say it though. I was gonna say future Hall of Famer Pat Firemuth. <laughs> you guys, you guys are silly. Um, but Firemuth had another productive game. It was, it was not ideal. In that they were getting so much pressure, uh, Minnesota was against them that Friermuth wasn't running as many routes as he typically would. Only saw three targets. The touchdown saved his day. Ten point two fantasy points. But he's a uh, he's he's Big Ben's basically his main red zone weapon at this point, and uh, he's put up double digit fantasy points. Three of his la- excuse, four of his last six four of his last seven games. Excuse me. Um, at this point, if you have Pat with you're likely starting him. And he's, he's one of the most touchdown-likely
0: players each and every week. Let's go to the next game here. It's the Panthers at the Bills. So, I don't want to be too dismissive. But for me, it's don't start Panthers if you can help it. Like, if you need to start Cam... I guess maybe, although it was Cam and then PJ Walker and then Cam and then PJ Walker last game. So you don't even know if he's going to play the whole game. DJ Moore, I have absolutely no interest in starting. He's, I have him ranked as my wide receiver 30 right now. And if his name wasn't DJ Moore, he'd be my wide receiver like 45. All right, Tim, let me cut you off
1: real quick for a little, for a little DJ Moore, this or that, because I have DJ Moore in my home league and I'm looking to get creative here because I don't know if I want to start him.
0: Hold on. Let me pull up my ranking so I could give you a. My my fully if you have him at thirty, response. then
1: you're probably gonna have him higher than these other guys. But just like gut feeling.
0: DJ Moore 29, 29.
1: or amon-ra St. Brown.
0: You know, it's interesting because now that Hawkinson is out, I know it's half PPR we're playing. It, it now that Hawkinson is out, he could get peppered with targets Amonra. Back to back games of twelve targets.
1: If Jalen Waddell is out, DJ Moore or Albert Wilson.
0: DJ Moore. I'd still start more, but I mean, I I see what you're saying with Albert Wilson. That's how low I am on DJ Moore this week. Like I'm like, yeah, Albert Wilson, maybe. <laughs> and then lastly, DJ Moore or Alan Lazard. Moore. Moore as well.
1: That's how my Lazard
0: is just so whoa. he's so shaky.
1: That's how my team's looking. Whoa. At least whoa, I'm in whoa, the playoffs whoa. though, right, Tim? <laughs> hey, yo. Uh, Oh, thanks, Jason. Jason. Says sucky.
0: Okay. Guys, I got, I got. I got eliminated on Monday night by Van Jefferson's touchdown. it was uh it was hard. It was hard. That's this is the first Monday time I missed the playoffs night. in my in my home league in seven years. It's been a long, long time. It's been a long It's your lack of talent. On the time. other side, there's really nothing you could do about that. Although it was a game
1: they were trailing, Chuba Hubbard was out snapped by Amir Abdullah thirty eight to twenty five. He was on the I mean, they're probably gonna be trailing in this game too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think both those guys are a touchdown away from being RB threes. Yeah, I have Chuba Hubbard, and right now I have him on my bench for Sony Michelle. If Sony Michelle is active, then I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. If Daryl to... Henderson is active. If Daryl Henderson's active, then I'm looking at. I'm I'm hoping if Connor doesn't play, I'm starting <laughs> Eno Benjamin over Chuba. I'm considering Royce Freeman over Chuba. I think it's that ugly of a matchup.
0: This is the this is a bad matchup. The Bills are one of the worst matchups um, that you can have, according to is, points over average. They
1: get beat by good teams. This, the Panthers are not a good team. Running the ball. Like Derek, good players. Derek Henry, Jonathan Taylor, the Harrison Stevenson combo. All those guys ran well say, against them. But like the bad teams with not so good
0: running backs just get shut down. Bro, Jonathan Taylor. John, Jonathan Taylor ran for for 50 plus fantasy yards against the Bills, and they're still they've st- still given up 13% less points allowed to the running backs that they faced. Usually average 50 plus fantasy so, points, but <laughs> 50 plus fantasy points. So like they were the best and now they're 26th. So, you know, the, it, you got to put, if you take that game into the account, the bills have been the best rush defense in the league, according to fantasy. So I'm, um, I, I don't want, I, I, yeah, I'd like to stay away from every single person on the, on the Panthers. If I can, on the other side, Technically this is a bad matchup for Josh Allen and he is facing some injury woes. Uh with that being said, I'm light lighting up I'm lighting up a big spliff of Josh Allen and smoking that shit to the to the tips.
1: Correct. I didn't know that was coming, but yeah, you're definitely starting Josh Allen. You're starting Stefan Diggs, you're starting Dawson Knox, who is a locked and loaded tight end one. Don't listen to NBC Sports Edge in that regard. who called him a borderline tight end one. Um, And then you got Gabriel Davis is the secondary option. That tickles my fancy the most. Uh, Back-to-back games is a top 30 wide receiver. Emmanuel Sanders, he was kind of taking over the Emmanuel Sanders role, and then Emmanuel Sanders got hurt, and Gabriel Davis became – he played almost every snap in the second half when they were in comeback mode. Um, Cole Beasley came back to life, but, again, they were in comeback mode, and they had to pass a bunch. Gabriel Davis – over the last few games, has just been getting a ton of red zone looks as well. I think he has some wet wide receiver three flex
0: appeal in this one too. Jason was a uh, uh, the Cole Beasley whisper last week, like the against the zone and all that stuff. Like yo, those are those are impressive. Thank you. Um, he went
1: nine for sixty four, and the Panthers do play a decent amount of zone as well. So I'm also not against Beasley entirely. It's just that this game might get out of hand quickly. Get in the zone, That's Beasley
0: zone. I I agree. I think the Bills, I think the Bills are right now on the edge of the playoffs. They've faced some good teams and they've come up short. I feel like they're going to take that out on the Panthers this week. And the Panthers are are going backwards. They just fired their offensive coordinator. Like that's a team in flux. They don't know who their starting quarterback is. Like it's it's a whole a whole bunch of bullshit going on You're in, in Carolina. So, I mean, I love Dawson Knox in this game. I always love Dawson Knox. I think he's my shout out to Michael for literally being the only fantasy analyst that said anything about Dawson Knox being a sleeper this year and it ended up definitely working out. Um anyone else in this game you yeah. want to talk about? Oh the the running backs. Yeah. The running backs total got seven carries last week. I, I mean, if you have to start one Devin Singletary but the Panthers have been amazing against the run and I don't I don't want to start uh, a running back. It's it's TD or bust.
1: Yeah, Singletary's a clear main guy. He ended up having a decent game last week after not touching the ball really in the first half. Um, But they just, they don't get their their running backs very involved. So it's not not something I'd chase unless you're
0: forced into it. Anyone else in this game? No. I don't think so. All right, let's go over to our next game. The Washington football team at the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Jalen Hurts is on the fence right now of whether he's going to play or not. If he does play, it's a great matchup for him. If he doesn't play, then it's going to be Gardner Minshew, which means... Dallas Goddard shoots up my rankings. If Gardner Minshew is in the game, uh, Minshew had a good game against the jets, but it really was, it, it was more indicative of the fact that the jets are horrendous against the past. than it was that Minshew was a good quarterback. He under threw guys. He threw up ducks. He, he like, if you watch that game with a, with a critical eye and, and out of context, so you don't know who's winning Gardner Minshew played very bad quarterback last game. So I, I like, but I, but with that being said, he hyper targeted his tight ends, and I really like, I really like Dallas Goddard in this game. How you guys feel about that? If if Mintz was playing,
1: yeah, that's I mean Jalen Hurts is practicing in a limited capacity. I'd be shocked if he didn't play, um, if I'm being honest. But either way, yeah, Dallas Goddard finally had a big breakout game last time the Eagles played against the Jets. But Dallas Goddard, still Dallas Goddard, that was his second time all season. Um, surpassing 12.2 fantasy points. Like, he's been a very mediocre option otherwise, but he's at least been a reliable low-end tight end one. Um, that's where I'm going to put him. That's the bucket I'm going to put him in again. I don't I don't think that just because he destroyed the Jets, a.k.a. he was just wide open a couple times. It's not like he ran beautiful crisp routes or something. He just ended up wide open. Um, doesn't I don't think that means he's going to be a top-five option the rest of the way. Like, I'm just going to treat Dallas Goddard as I have been the entire season.
0: So let's let's speak as though Jalen Hurts is starting now, since that's the case. Um, Quarterback position has been amazing against Washington, and the wide receiver position has been a better-than-average against Washington. Jalen Hurts, is he a must-start if he plays, even with the bum ankle? Because if Jalen Hurts can't run, all of a sudden you're asking him to be a pocket passer. That's not his forte. Jalen Hurts... It's hard because he's been—still,
1: he leads the league by himself in most QB1 finishes this year. But, like you said, if he's not running, we don't want to start Jalen Hurts as a pocket passer. And he has had more down games of late. One time in the last five games has he surpassed 20 fantasy points, which is which is a little shocking when you put it that way. Um, didn't get to play against the Jets. Now he gets Washington. Great matchup on paper, but Washington's defense has been improving over the last several weeks. I'm I'm a little concerned about starting Jalen Hurts this week. I'm I'm Based starting matchup, him unless you have agree. a great option otherwise. Like I'd start Taysom Hill over Jalen Hurts.
0: I know some of the patrons asked that question. I would too. Sexy. Um what about Devontae Smith? Uh he looked like he had uh, the best matchups in the world coming up. He looked like he was about to set the world on fire. Hasn't been like that, and I'm just looking at his thing now. It looks as though he's on the COVID list. Devontae Smith. I didn't even I didn't even know he was on the COVID list. Is
1: that new news? I, yeah, I didn't know that either. Jesus Louise! According to NJ.com, just happened. Cause...
0: Oh no! No no no! Sorry sorry. He's not on the COVID list. It mm-hmm. says well, for some reason the headline here is. <laughs> three players on the COVID list, Devonta Smith, not one of them. Fuck. Kind of fucking headline is that. Um, but he's in the game. How are you feeling about Devonta? Uh,
1: ever since the Eagles went run heavy, Devonta Smith has not Anyone. had six targets. Um, that's it. Has not had six targets in a long time um, in a game. He's had three touchdowns to buoy his stats because he's only had 18 touchdowns over the last six games for the Eagles. 18 receptions, sorry. So at this point he's a very touchdown dependent receiver option. And that just he's a touchdown dependent wide receiver three. I know this is a great matchup, but I'm not putting him into wide receiver two territory. He's a wide receiver three and you hope for the best, but the volume just isn't there. And it's it's possible that if Hertz plays he's not gonna run as much and he'll pass more, but I don't see that happening. I think if Hertz is out there he's gonna play How he plays.
0: It's scary to start any of the the running backs, in my opinion, in this game for the Eagles, because although the running backs have been getting a whole bunch of work, what you've noticed is that you don't know which running back is going to be. Now, Miles Sanders ended up having the real big game against the Jets. Uh, but so did Kenneth Gainwell out of absolutely nowhere. Boston Scott is still there. They they do give an equal opportunity. They're equal opportunity runners, and Washington. Uh, is the the fourth worst matchup for running backs on the fantasy season according to points over average, giving up about 15% less points per average than the players that they've played. So, how are you feeling about this running attack?
1: I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't understand why people continue to think it's a good option. We have Kenneth Gainwell, who might be a healthy scratch. We have Boston Scott, who might play and get twenty carries or who might play and get zero carries. We have Jordan Howard who's probably gonna return and be the end zone guy. And then we have Miles Sanders, you know, the most talented running back on the team who struggles to get work. And you might point to when he got a lot of work against the Jets, but he wasn't the only running back that day that got a lot of work. It was just a game that the um Eagles dedicated to running the ball. So yeah. like I don't have Miles Sanders as more than a Fringy flex play, in my opinion. There's no way. Like, can you guys possibly say something to make me excited about playing Miles Sanders?
0: He good. He good boy. He's got, got like, he's got three nipples.
1: I mean, he's talented. They
0: say the third one's magic. They say the third one's magic.
1: And before the bye, he got 24 attempts.
0: What about Magic Nipple Sanders? Tim, please. You don't want to play Magic Nipple Sanders? Tim, please. Come on. Come on, magic nipples. All right, let's go over. Let's go over to the other side of the ball. So, one thing that we saw last week is that the Antonio Gibson show only runs when the Washington football team has the lead. When they don't have the lead and they have to put the ball in the hands of Tyler Haneke, things go awry quickly. Tyler Haneke right now is holding the ball longer than any other quarterback in the league. Uh, Definitely something that's being Definitely something that you could see happening from a guy who's in his first full season um, as a starter and also a guy who's being asked to do a little too much, in my opinion. The Eagles defense has been phenomenal. They're one of my favorite matchups in this in this week. I, I I would love to stream the Eagles defense if I had them. They are 24. So this is 24th best. 24th best matchup for a quarterback. So 25th best matchup for running backs. And the 30th best matchup for wide receiver, Darius Slade, has been... Uh, it, it looked like he was a bust early in the, after that trade, but he's been everything that he's been advertised this season. So with that being said, how are you feeling about these options? Terry McLaurin with the zero after leaving the game last week. How are you feeling about these options for the football team?
1: Yeah, none of them are enticing. Like, it's, it's rough, except for, like, Ricky Seals-Jones is the most enticing play. Yeah. Um, but John Bates outsnapped him last week. That was a weird week. Ricky Seals-Jones still had double the targets as Bates. He still had four targets, and the Eagles are awful against the tight end. So I'm down with Ricky Heals-Bones. But then from there, Antonio Gibson, right when he was coming on, looking like a strong RB1, he didn't get a touch after fumbling in the third quarter last week. Not one touch. Because old-time coaches are fucking idiots. And they think that's going to teach him a lesson. Next time when there's a 300-pound man who could lift 588,000 pounds who punches the ball out of Gibson's hand, you know what? If I bench him, he'll learn to not let that happen again. Ha-ha, master plan. No one's ever thought of this. So you're starting Gibson happily. He has RB1 potential. But there's also a chance he fumbles and gets benched again, which is not what you like to hear.
0: No, no, it's definitely not. And especially because they're probably going to be losing in this game. Uh, The Eagles are coming off a bye week. This is not a team that you have to really plan for the Washington football team. Although they went on that hot streak, I think that that was more of a product of a little bit of luck, a little bit of bad opponents. I I don't think that they're a a, a contender by any means. So, uh, you know, what about Terry McLaurin? Because a lot of people in the playoffs probably are, I mean, Probably not have Terry McLaurin, but if you do have Terry McLaurin and you're in the playoffs, what do you do with him? Do you play him in, in this game?
1: Is Terry McLaurin going to play? He, so he was limited play? today uh, with a concussion. Usually when you see a limited on a Thursday, that means they're going to play. Oh, and I,
0: I'm assuming he's going to play.
1: Terry McLaurin's in that group of receivers that I was talking about earlier with on my team, like DJ Moore and Amon Ra and um, Alan Lazard and I'm still going to fire up Terry McLaurin and it hurts and I know that he could end with three points, but he just has such a, he has such an upside that when he, when he does perform, he's a wide receiver one and upside, I think you just have to take that chance with all these receivers who are out right now. You're not going to bench a Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I don't know. He was my sell high um, prior to the playoffs because you don't want to have to trust a guy like him in the playoffs and. I mean, four of his last five games, single-digit performances, puts up the—excuse me, five of his last six games, single-digit performances, if you include the uh, the donut against Dallas, where he left early. He hasn't had back-to-back double-digit games the entire season. Like, this guy, week seven, he put up 22. Since then, 5-9, Tough matchup against Philly. It's just a tough draw, like— Darius Saleh is has been tremendous this season, and they're 30th overall in points over average. I think Terry McLaurin's a wide receiver three in this one with legitimate downside, as he's been the entire season. Like I think it's about time we stop ranking Terry McLaurin as if he's a automatic start every week when the guy is giving you duds more often than not.
0: I, I put up 181 points in my, in my, uh, in the Brodos Rider League Bowl with a zero from Terry McClure. What up? All right, let's go over to our next game. I had a good week last week. Uh, the, Urban Meyer did not. The Texans at the Jaguars. So a, a, a bunch of stories came out about Urban Meyer. The one that pisses me off the most is not even the one where he kicks Josh Lambeau and then says, I could do whatever, I could kick whoever I, I want. I'm the head ball coach. That just seems like a dick move. And you know what? Sometimes head coaches are dicks. And you can kind of live with a dick, but what you can live with is a reporter asked him about the usage of one of his rookies. I can't remember which rookie it is off the top of my head. Yeah, and he so said, funny. yeah, and he's like, oh, you know, I don't have the snaps in front of me, but he's been playing well, and we're looking forward to getting even more snaps. And when you looked at the floor, guess how many snaps that rookie had played? Zero. 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 He didn't not play one single. And, and for me, if I'm an owner and I'm looking at my head coach, that's a big problem because you're supposed to come in here and and be the whisperer to the young guys because you were the college coach and you're this genius guy and you don't know who's playing on the field. Ugh, not good. He also in, in, in a few other scenarios, like he didn't even know James Robinson went back in the game at one point. Like he just is completely lost. Like the guy, honestly, like it's easy to kick a guy when he's down. The guy looks like he's having some real, like, life issues. If you look at his, like, he had that one interview where there was, like, that random dude in a trailer smoking a bong in the mirror while he was on the interview. And, like, he's trying to finger girls, on, like, 20-year-old girls on the dance floor. Like, dude, like, you got to get your shit together before you can coach a team. So I'm kind of glad that he got fired because he seems like he just, as a as a human being, like, needs some space. He needs to get his shit together. I know that his, like, he he had a heart attack when he was the... Ohio State coach and his he, his wife made him quit because he was going to have another heart attack. And now he's gonna, now he's doing it again. So you need to step away from football for a little bit, my guy. And I and I hope and I hope like I'm not going to be one of those people who kicks while they're down because everyone seems to be kicking him while he's down right now. I'm going to say, yo hopefully you get your shit together and you come back and you become a good guy because you're a piece of garbage at the moment, it's especially uh molesting 20 year olds on the dance floor and kicking your kickers like you can't be doing that but besides that let's get to the jaguars because the texans are a great, great matchup <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, let's get there brother. what what no just funny but yeah, besides
1: so, that all right sorry. let's go
0: so yeah i mean besides fingering 20 year olds on the dance floor let's get to fingering this championship i don't even know what the fuck i'm talking about um jaguars texans this is a great matchup for the jaguars So do they get a little bit of spark here? Do they do they take Daryl Bevel, who by all accounts is the the complete antithesis of Urban Meyer? Do they take him and do they kind of ride with him, or uh, what do you think? Bevel Texans. Bevel Bevel Bevel. Urban Meyer's
1: the Bevel. (laughs) You know the uh, the line apparently actually moved from minus three to minus four and a half. when Urban Meyer got fired, so they gave a hun- one and a half points to Jacksonville after Urban Meyer got fired, which is hilarious. But there's just they, no reason. They were already in reason- favorite, huh? Yeah, yeah, the Texans are that bad. There is no reason at all to trust Trevor Lawrence. He is like one touchdown tops, I think, six straight games in a row. Um, Marvin Jones has been trashed the entire season. He was semi-usable last week. Maybe you could put him in your flex again this week. It is a tremendous matchup. But, like, you're not going to trust LaViska Shenault. Laquan Treadwell has some flex appeal because he's been semi-decent. But none of these guys have anything close to a high ceiling. The The biggest question mark here is James Robinson, who basically hasn't been playing the last two weeks. And Darren Bevel comes in and says, James Robinson's our starter and we're going to treat him as such. And what does that mean? If he, Is he going to go back to getting 20-plus touches? If so, he could end yes. up as an RB1 and everyone's excited about him going forward. Two days ago, everyone was like, I can't start James Robinson, really, because what's going on in Jacksonville? But now that Urban Meyer has gone, James Robinson becomes one of the riskiest plays this week in terms of upside and downside. Like, he just, you don't know if what's going to happen with James Robinson this week. But if he goes back to seeing 80 plus percent of the touches and getting 20 plus touches overall, then you're definitely going to want to start him. But James Robinson even played a lot last week. He was just given six carries for four yards. Yeah. And no
0: receptions. I, I'm I'm taking my like Bruce Arian says, no risk it, no biscuit. I'm ta- I'm taking this, and I'm saying, I I got I got James Robinson as my RB ten right now. I am wow. not I am not I am playing him all the way, and Come I am one hundred percent. I'm I'm one hundred percent about James Robinson, bro. The only reason James Robinson wasn't playing is because he was in Urban Myers' doghouse for whatever reason, and he was playing his boy from Ohio State. Like that's not all gonna right. happen. RB ten,
1: Who you starting? You're starting him over Najee Harris, over Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, no. Cordell no. Patterson, no. James
0: Connor. Then who the fuck is behind him? Who's your eleven through fifteen? David Montgomery, Elijah Mitchell, Joe Mixon, Sony Michelle, Melvin Gordon. Yeah, if you start him over any of those guys, I'm gonna punch you in the face. Are you kidding me? Right Here's now? the thing, though. Like you're not talking about starting over those guys. Like I haven't ranked as I have all those guys ranked as RB ones and high end RB twos too. Like, I mean, if you're making the decision between James Robinson and Joe Mixon, maybe go Joe Mixon because it's safer. But I'm, what I'm saying is, like, James Robinson is the guy. I I have no doubt that he's going to be the guy. And I have no doubt that this is a phenomenal matchup against the, the Texans who get completely creamed every single time they fucking play a running back. So I have no problem playing the starting running back against Houston. And I think that James Robinson, this is going to be, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Daryl Bevel called him into the office and says, yo, James. Get ready. You're token this rock twenty five motherfucking times and we're gonna win. Because that's how I know we're gonna win. I'm a little more I'm a little I'm leaning a little more towards
1: Tim's side than Michael's. Um I just haven't ranked lower than Tim. <laughs> I mean, I know that I'm being wild. He's a I good player wild, against no the risk the Texans, and, no
0: and he's really the only solid player on the team right now. So guys can I can I say something and this and I got this is not my idea. Shout out to at Dynasty Masters on Twitter who shout out to them. They've always they've been a supporter of Brodo for a long time. He brought up Byron Lefwich being the next coach of the Jaguars. And I just think that that's like one of the best ideas that I've heard. Because Byron Lefwich, former Jaguars quarterback, highly rank, highly drafted. He was ranked he was drafted seventh overall. Has worked with Bruce Arians for years now has worked with Tom Brady for two years, has shown leadership skills. Everyone remembers when he broke his his leg and his teammates had to carry him down the field and he threw a touchdown. Everyone remembers that clip. I just think that's it's, it's a match made in heaven for the Jaguars. I really do. Right. I and mean, it's neither here nor there, but I, it's, it's yeah. like couldn't get more perfect for the Jaguars right now. Um, on the other side is the Texans. Hey. Uh, Rex Burkhead is out in this game. Royce Freeman got a bunch of work. Jason was talking about Royce Freeman. It looks like David Johnson is going to play in this game. How do you feel about the backfield for the Texans?
1: Yeah. Um, the last time David Johnson played, it was against the Jets. So, another great matchup. And his 55 total yards was a season high. He also has oh, not scored a touchdown gross. since week one. So, not very enticing there. I David Johnson. I think that, honestly, if I'm taking a shot on any Texans running back, it's going to be Royce Freeman, who out-snapped Rex Burkhead last week, who's been getting more involved since he got there. The issue is that you probably don't want to start any Texans running back because even in good matchups like the Jets, they've just been entirely underwhelming. Like It's ridiculous that David Johnson has one touchdown this year. You're going to have to bank on a touchdown being scored. It's a good matchup. But look, the Texans came out and Davis Mills threw the ball 40-plus times last week. So that might be their plan now. Let their third-round quarterback... Uh, to control the offense, who knows? But it, I, Freeman over Johnson for me. But both are fringe flex options at best.
0: I'm glad. I'm glad you said that, Jason, because I have Brandon Cooks ranked in my wide receiver 19, so a wide receiver two. I, I like Brandon Cooks this week. I think that Brandon Cooks plus Davis Mills. I talked about this in the Monday episode. is a better is a better combination than Brandon Cooks plus Tyrod Taylor. So I'm going to continue to play Brandon Cooks with some uh, with. You know some confidence, and I know that you guys aren't big Brandon Cooks guys. Shout out to Cass, who's the the Brandon Cooks truther of the millennium. Uh, but I, I like Brandon Cooks in this game, and you know I'm going to play Brandon Cooks. I'm going to be confident about Brandon Cooks. I'm going to take a shot on one of these running backs, maybe. And there's no one else I want to play. Any Nico Collins love? No. Another rookie out there. Besides the fact, the besides, besides the fact that he's got a he's got a Greek first name. Oh, oppa.
1: Look, he had 10 targets last week. Five for 69. Um, nice. That's It's about as much as I can say for him. He has had five or more targets in two out of the last three games. Not the worst flyer.
0: If you want to know what the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast is all about, and if you know what we're about if you're listening all the way here, Jason has Nico Collins stats ready on deck for you. Nico. 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 where else are you getting people de- debating nico collins for over a minute nowhere all right, all right let's go uh, anyone else in this game you want to talk about <laughs> it's been a minute we good you know i don't we like, good mr uh, brevin jordan you don't
1: you know i don't like brandon cooks but in this in this matchup i suppose you could use him as a wide receiver three i suppose
0: okay okay um, let's go to our last game of the session. I know I told you guys the Lions would come last, but we actually had to change it because of time constraints. So we're gonna make the Lions the first game. So you can listen to Michael Dunk on me in an episode. The the paradoxical more listen to episode two. Um Jeez. but to to end off this, to to end off this one, Cowboys at the Giants. Oh boy. Uh they're talking about getting Jake Fromm involved on the offense. And when the when the sentence of we're thinking about getting Jake Fromm involved on offense happens. Then you're probably in a terrible situation.
1: (laughs) If Jake Fromm doesn't get you
0: hyped, I don't know what to tell you Tim. let's, so let's go to the Cowboys side. Uh, Very simply. You're playing Dak. You're playing Amari Cooper. You're playing CD lamb. Now, usually I could say, Oh, you're definitely playing Zeke, especially in a matchup against the giants, but Zeke looks visibly hurt. Like, you watched that guy play last week when he had the ball, and they're giving Corey Clement touches. He looks visibly hurt. He either is hurt right now, or he has officially turned the corner on his AARP card, and he's done. Like, that's how he looked. He was slow. His legs look like my legs moving when when I run. And just so you know, I run like a six forty. <laughs> like I'm, I'm like I've never actually, I've never actually timed it, but I'm, I'm guessing I'm gonna, I, whatever. He was slow, is what I'm trying to say. So, let's talk about Zeke. How do you guys feel about him? And Tony Pollard supposed Bro, to play in this game. He like shared, he shared work with Corey
1: Clement last week. Like this is absolutely yeah. a cause for concern. And we're talking about Corey Clement, the guy that just goes to teams to just do. He's basically Peyton Barber. 13 carries for 44 yards. you kidding me? While, like, they were making a comeback, and then Zeke had to come back in for a little bit. Meanwhile, in a good game against Washington, 12 for 45, a reception for 15 yards, and a two-point conversion. Like, is this what to expect from Zeke at this point? Like, I know it's a great matchup against New York, but if they take a two-touchdown lead, is it just going to be Tony Pollard and Corey Clement? And is is Zeke even going to reach more than, like, 14 15 touches in the game like I think he's just a volume-based RB2 this week and I don't know man I don't it just it's very odd to me that they're not just like resting him at this point it's it really is strange because he's clearly not like even close to fully healthy
0: earlier today
1: (laughs) quick side note James Robinson I'm sorry Daryl Bevel said James Robinson is our starting running back he will be played as
0: such it's almost as if Michael already said that.
1: Yeah, he said that quote. Thanks for paying attention to me, brother. Honestly, I said he that said exact, exact quote. quote. You piece of shit. I was looking, at Nico, exact... I was looking <laughs> at Nico Collins. I was looking at Nico Collins, but yo Zeke hasn't passed
0: fifty-one rushing yards in seven weeks. Man, that's hard. That's that's a crazy stat that you just pulled out. Since the we bye know week. that he's been
1: unreal. I looked at the stats since the bye week, week seven. His most rushing yards is fifty-one. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. The back of your head that is ridiculous. ridiculous.
0: Can you take Can you take a, a chance on Tony Pollard in this game? No shot. I'm not trusting Mr. Planter Fascia.
1: Yeah, that's tough. Because then, like, why are they going to work him? Why not just give the ball to Corey Clement if they're up two touchdowns against Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm? It's kind of a mess this the only, week in Dallas. The only running back who's arguably been worse than Zeke over this same stretch is fucking Saquon Barkley. Yeah, This is the game of scrub-ass star running backs. Quote-unquote star. <laughs> um, Maybe not true. forever, you know, but right Saquon now, they yeah. Saquon Barkley just don't, continues. Don't, don't disrespect. Bro, every single week, you see a, a clip of Saquon Barkley, like, Saquon putting in work, and then you look at the box score, or you just watch him play, and it's like, not really. Saquon Barkley had 64 rushing Michael. yards last week. His season high, and he's only missed three games. This seems like an injury-riddled uh, four games. This seems like an injury-riddled year for Saquon Barkley. He played five games, missed a chunk, and now he's played four games.
0: Yeah, but two of those games were he left early.
1: Bro, so you have to take that into 64 rushing yards is high this year.
0: I mean, yeah, it's still bad. It's still bad. Like, this guy is not the guy he used to be either. It's, uh, They're it's both very, fringe very, very obvious. Um, but, I mean, he might be the only option for the, the Giants in this game. So I like him in, in terms of just volume. Sure. I think he's a good play. Fine. He's an RB2. He's a mid-range RB2.
1: Don't expect much. Yeah. He, did he did find the touchdown like, against the Chargers. He ended up having his best game of the season. But yeah, like when 64 yards, is like, let's go. It's a
0: little concerning. We, so we jumped over. He did have 95 total yards. You can't forget Saquon Barkley is receiving back as well. Um, we, so we come over to the other side because we already, I don't know how we got into Saquon Barker, but we're talking about Zeke. Dalton Schultz, is he even in consideration for you at this point? Uh, no. Really. Dalton Schultz are in the Giants have been good against tight ends.
1: Yeah, and in the last two games with Lamb Cooper and Gallup healthy, he's only had eight targets and forty seven receiving yards. He's a back Not end ideal. tight end one. Like you could you could do better, but there's also a good chance that you cannot do better. That's where we're at with Dalton
0: Schultz right now. So let's go over to the other side then, because well actually, before we go over, over to the other side, we got two. These are always the two X factors on the Cowboys because this high-powered offense. Usually, you're not you're like, All right, "I'm going to start two receivers. I'm going to start a star running back, and we'll start the quarterback and maybe the tight end, and I'm going to be happy." But on this team, you got Tony Pollard and you have Michael Gallup. How desperate do you have to be to start these guys? I I prefer on a Gallup. scale of one, on a scale of one to ten, how desperate do you have to be to start? Pollard or Gallup? No, I don't. I don't really think they're like ultimate desperation
1: plays. Like the Gallup okay. has some flex appeal. I'd prefer Gallup of the two if I had to choose. Um, but like I could see Tony Pollard having a decent game as well. He's just gonna have to do it very efficiently with limited touches. But we've seen Tony Pollard do that several times in the past. Um, Without a torn plantar fascia, though. Yeah, it's it's tough. We'll see. Maybe he uh, he just puts O.D. cortisone in his in his foot before the game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz has basically fallen completely out of favor in that passing game, and it's because Lamb, Cooper, and Gallup are all healthy. He saw nine targets against Washington, five for 60. Um, it's now three straight games with eight targets or more. It's 14, 12, and eight and a half in those games. Like, that's those are flex-worthy, low-end wide receiver three numbers. Like, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper are the clear one-two, but, I mean, this is a very potent offense that runs a lot of
0: plays, and... There's some room for Michael Gallup to be a flex play. Some breaking news coming across the wire here before we get into the Giants. Uh according to Pro Football Talk, the NFLPA is currently pushing aggressively for a postponement of the Raiders Browns game on Saturday. Some of the union believe the entire season, the entire season should shut down for a week. The union is concerned about player safety and game integrity. Wowza. I mean this um, this game shouldn't be played.
1: They're right. There's a random bye week before the Super Bowl for no reason. Just use it now. Because it used to be the Pro Bowl. Or is yeah, it still it the used Pro, to be Pro Bowl? Bowl. Are they event. still doing the Pro Bowl? I don't even know if they do the Pro Bowl so. anymore. <laughs> I think the Pro
0: Bowl was like virtual last time. Uh, So, before we go, let's get to the Giants receivers. Don't play any of them, correct? Right? right? Don't play them. They have Mike Glennon throwing to them. Don't play them.
1: Or Jake Fromm. You only play Saquon if you're going to play a Giant, yeah.
0: Play Saquon, and if you're... I guess if you're desperate, you can play Kenny Galladay if you're desperate. This is technically a a good matchup. The Cowboys are sixth, the sixth best matchup against Wireskever. So for whatever that's worth. Um, all right. That's it for episode one. Let's get into episode two right after we sign out. Jason, where can they find you? At Brodo FF Jason. At Brodo Mike. Mike. You can find me at Brodo FF Tim. You can find Cass at Brodo FF Casanova. You can find us all at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Until next time, peace. Later. Later.